Good evening and welcome back to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. How you doing? Ah, I'm pretty good, man. Happy Thanksgiving week. (laughs) Yes. Right back at you. Yeah, this is a short week for most of us. I think almost everybody has at least a day off this week. Uh, So uh, hopefully everyone is finding some way to be thankful and celebrate um, as best you can this year. So we can talk about that later, but this is game week, Rob. Real, <laughs> we think. real, real college sports game week. Not that there hasn't been college sports in other areas, but for JMU, there, there has not. So this is it. No, I mean, we, and we've got like a mixing of a, we're going to get to the, get to the schedule part. Um, but we're going to talk a couple of things each on men's and women's hoops as they get ready to open the season this week. Just a couple things we're looking forward to. Uh, we're obviously, we haven't seen either team on the floor yet. Uh, we, we are fingers crossed, knocking on wood, you know, holding out all the hope we can that we will actually see both teams in action this week. And so we are actually twice for the men. They got they got a game Wednesday and a game Friday. Yeah. And actually, I was looking the women play um, Monday. So before we talk again, uh, the women will probably have played twice, even though they lost a game this weekend that we'll get to. But um, yeah, so. Lost meaning lost it from the schedule, not yes, yeah. Not so lost just, in the lost column. Yeah, I guess we should just reset that. We are going to do some Thanksgiving um, overtime tonight, and and we'll talk about that stuff. But yeah, I guess we should reset. Uh, the men were scheduled to play something called Lancaster Bible College. Now they are playing something called what, Rob? Oh, I just looked it up. Limestone yeah. University. Limestone, Limestone University. University Um, on Wednesday. So that will they are playing Wednesday and it is at noon. I noticed on the JMU schedule page, it does not show as a flow sports game. So the women who play at four on Wednesday against Mount St. Mary's are does show flow sports. So that may be the first time we actually get to see the new arena, the new team. Um, I got to be honest, Rob, I would love for the men to be on at noon on like it's the day before Thanksgiving. It'd be kind of fun to have a JMU doubleheader on my computer. Yeah, that would. <laughs> um, not, not you know, not not saying that anyone should should be doing that during their workday, but um, it will be fun to have that. And then the men play again on Friday. That is correct. I, yeah. Oh, okay. Again, yeah. a noon, another noon tip. Another noon, and then. Um, the women don't play again until Monday. They lost. Unfortunately, they Marquette is not coming to Harrisonburg on Saturday as they were scheduled to. So that was one of the Big East games. Not that that's super surprising, but they're not coming. And then the women play Buffalo on Monday uh, at home as well. So by the time we talk again, both teams will hopefully have played four games, uh, hopefully with a full roster. I don't know. We know that there's been... You know, we we had. I feel like I don't. I don't know the ins and outs of where the tests are. You know who's available, but we will we will see when we see them on the floor on Wednesday, right? That's the plan. <laughs> but yeah, the plan is we are less than forty eight hours away from both teams play, taking the court, so that's pretty exciting. Rob, what is the first thing? We'll kind of do this in our traditional. I mean, it's hoops, but four downs. Um, what would be the first thing you're looking forward to? Um, looking into or you know just curious about with the men's team as they take the floor for the first time this year i mean geez what am i not curious about um <laughs> right right is there i anything don't know, you know I mean, it, in our in our 30 seconds of prep you know, we both called him like hey what are you doing this um we went through this but i did actually think about, i've been thinking a lot about hoops lately 
I guess I'm trying to temper expectations. And I always talk about this in football. Like I'm, I'm trying to be a different sort of sportsman where I don't get ahead of myself and, you know, not have the highs be too high and the lows be too low, but more in terms of how I manage my expectations. Um, I guess what I'm most curious about, and this might sound kind of dumb or, or, or nerdy or wonkish or something. Uh-huh. I really would like to see if we get any glimpse or indication this year in a very odd year as to what a Mark Byington JMU basketball program will be like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean this as a knock on no, but it's, it's going to be a direct criticism of, of Roe. I don't know what the hell the team was under him. And I didn't really know under Brady as well. I think Brady tried to adjust a little bit more to his roster. I kind of felt like Roe was just rolling the ball out there and, and hoping stuff would matter. Like it didn't make sense the way they were last year. They shot a tremendous number of threes. I think they shot the worst percentage in, in the, and certainly in the uh, conference, but not very good on the national standings. They just right. seem to have no identity whatsoever. Uh-huh. Um, I've read up on Byington's team at Georgia Southern. It's not, it, nothing jumps out as being like, oh, they, they don't seem to be particularly fast paced or a lockdown D. They just seem to be a little better across the board, certainly than JMU was. Um, but I do think, as weird as this sounds, because JMU has no history or recent mm-hmm. history for hoops. He's in a much better situation. I think he's be able to get better talent, and I think he's be able to choose a little bit more. So I'm curious: is he going to be the type of guy who just comes in there and says, "I'm going to get a plus talent, or, or the most relative a plus talent I can, the best guys, and then adjust the system?" Or is he going to build a system? You know, an extreme example would be like a Tony Bennett or yeah, UBA. Yeah. You know, where he's going to have a very true system. You're going to come in. We're going to play slow pace defense. We're going, to, or is he going to be like a Mike Krzyzewski? Um, mm-hmm. You know, where I'm going to get the talent I'm going to adjust every year, you know, will be guard heavy one year and a fast paced team. Not saying he's going to be at the level or to, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. to say, oh, I'm expecting Tony Bennett or Mike Krzyzewski. But those, I think, are two pretty drastic differences. Mm-hmm. And I I just I have no idea. So I'm very curious to see, are we going to be able to read anything into this year in a very weird year? Are we going to see that sort of situation where he adjusts? Because we have not seen that for years with JMU. So that's the big thing. And the next big thing, and, and this is maybe me going against what I said about not getting ahead of myself or mm-hmm. setting expectations. Um, like a lot of people, if not most JMU fans, I viewed Matt Lewis testing the waters last year and declaring for the NBA draft as nothing more than trying to get some feedback to see where he'd end up in the realm of, you know, kind of Europe. Yeah, testing um, the waters, baby. Testing the waters. And be like, <laughs> yeah. hey, what do I need to do to improve? But I didn't think for a moment that he was really under the impression that he was an NBA caliber player last year. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I still don't think I'm certainly not of the mindset that, Oh yeah, he, he's a definite draft pick. We saw Grant Riller and Nathan Knight both signed deals last week, you know, Riller out of Charleston yep. got drafted. Nathan Knight signed a two way deal. with the, It's this is now what six guys in the past, like four years from the CAA mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. made the league. Lewis is the consensus preseason pick. All of a sudden, I'm thinking like, you know what? Maybe this guy does have pro potential if he really can play at a high level and, and improve and show a willingness and an ability to adjust to a new coach. I, I don't know. I don't want people going around being like, oh, you know, Robin Todd said he, right. all of a sudden that'd be a right. But it's it's not infeasible now. No, it's, it's no. not that he could play himself in the conversation. I mean, again, I don't think he's setting up for a draft pick. These two way deals. I don't know if you're that familiar with it, but it's basically. You know, the G League, it, it's it's a back and forth. You get the right to play, I think, up to 50 games on an NBA roster. Yeah. But you're kind of guaranteed to be with 
the at pretty least good the place to be for it's a pretty good place to be for a development player. They're showing like we're going to play you. It's a little bit more like if you're a hockey fan, yeah. The situation you see with like the Caps and the Hershey Bears, we have yeah. guys that clearly are they're being held down there, but they're being really developed with the idea of this guy could be a future part of the top club. Um, some it, much more closer to like a fast tracked minor league system for baseball. You know, baseball, there's so many different teams. These two-way deals, you know, you're going to get particularly, like, I think Knight is in a really good situation this year. They're going to have to make moves with the rosters due to COVID and everything. So For sure. That's very interesting. So I don't, like, again, so I'm trying to, I'm anxious to see if what we're going to learn about Byington and if we can read much into the future of Jamie basketball in terms of the style of play and so on and so forth. And then I'm very excited to see, like, hey, what can a top-tier guy at Jamie, can he play himself in the conversation for a real pro career. Mm-hmm. So that, those are my main things. And then obviously all the, all the new faces. And we talked last week about Mensa and some of the other guys. Um, I'm very excited about Zach Jacobs seeing how yeah. he'll kind of play as a senior year. I think he's got the potential to be, you know, a really awesome glue guy and to leave on a high note. That's a guy who deserves it. You know, he's a JMU family. He's played through four years. He stuck it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so just those things at a high level. Yeah. And I'm glad to see you being, excited about Byington. I know, I mean, for, for as much as we, you know, are, are we try to, I don't know, we, we, I mean, we, there's nothing to do at, you know, the record speaks for itself with coach Rowe, but no one was more of a cheerleader for coach Rowe. I think Rob, than you were, yeah. um, you know, for his entire tenure. And I feel like, uh, Jacobs is, you know, really the, the last of that breed too. And, and we hope that, we hope we get to see some good things out of him, this, you know, yeah. this well, I mean, year. I who's, Lewis, but I think he was like, it, it's yeah. easier for a well, Lewis developed, right? Kind I mean, of the bar, ball in his hand. Like Jacobs was kind of always just a solid role player. He was never a star, but to see guys like that stick it out through a coaching change. Yeah. For me is it's, you got to root for him. Um, oh yeah. It's not a knock on the other guys who chose to transfer. God bless them. You know, it's their lives and, and I wish them well and I will be rooting for them at, or is it like Ohio and Appalachian State and I forget mm-hmm. where was right. it Chattanooga or something? Well, no, I hope they all do well. They were good players. They were in a tough situation. But I do I've got a soft spot in my heart for role players in general. Right. Um, and I just think Jacobs has kind of been underutilized. He battled injuries his freshman year and then just the weird rotation and not getting back to what I was saying earlier. You didn't know what type of system we were playing. Like was he a big guy who would have been in his best interest to develop an outside shot? for Rose system or was he going to fill the role of being a banger? Like he was kind of a tweener and it's tough to know what aspect of your game you should develop when you don't know what mm-hmm. system you'll be playing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. And, and with Lewis, I, I mean, I, you know, not to get ahead of this year with him, but I'm interested to see what Lewis can be defensively Yeah, playing in the right position and playing with what we hope is the kind of talent around him. You know, and and not just like one or two guys, but like one through eight, one through nine, yeah. you know, um, that that we maybe think this team has a chance of rolling out there. And I, to me, I mean, one thing when you brought up Riller and Knight for that matter, but I mean, Knight, we kind of knew what he, I mean, he's a big guy. We knew what his story was, but some of the guys we've seen lately, I think of the Charleston players the last few years that have gone to the league and their grit and toughness on the defensive end is such a valued commodity in the pros right now in a way that it wasn't 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. Right. And skill defensively. And I'd like to see that. I mean, Lewis has been forced to, 
at JMU in the row years has been forced to almost just be an offensive player because they just, <laughs> they weren't good, yeah. you know? And, and now I'm kind of excited. I mean, he certainly has the, we think he has the size and the athleticism to be really a huge contributor on both ends. And especially when he maybe won't be asked to be like a hundred percent of the offense at all times this year. Well, people were critical of his shot selection. I certainly yeah, I'm like, shook my head yeah. sometimes. But when you we watched nearly every game, I couldn't tell you what type of offense they were playing. And, and it really seemed like it was like, hey Matt, go do something. If you can't, Darius, you do something. Like again, we're not we don't need to beat a dead horse with Roe, but those guys were basically playing pickup basketball or what appeared to be pickup basketball. No, I mean, there's a funny quote, right? In the Wizards' worst years, there when the, when Jamal Crawford was on the team, and he was quoted as saying, "Who else going to shoot?" <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like that—that that was a little yeah. bit how we were with Lewis the last couple of years. Was like we just ran the shot clock down with no offense, and then with eight seconds left, it was like, "Okay, Lewis, do something, go do something." Yeah. Right? And I'm hoping this year to see him have a you know a fully formed game a little bit because he's not going to be asked to do that all the time. And, I, you know, I, I just I'm really excited about that, too. I think that's a good point. And then with these three games, I, I think this is a pretty good opening slate, all things considered. I mean, we can joke about Limestone. And, I don't care. This I year, care. play First the games. They the need game. Byington and these transfers to get on the court together and play competitive basketball. Correct. You need to rip <laughs> like, the bandit off in this year more than ever with COVID. Yeah. This is a situation. Limestone's got a new coach who coached with Byington at College of Charleston. It's that coaching fraternity thing. I'm yeah. sure he just called him like, hey, we're in a jam. Do you want a game? It's yeah. a DT. They're in the midst of moving to a new conference. Um, I don't care. They were terrible last year. They need right. games too. We better get used to these kind of playing schools we never would have imagined playing and yeah. be willing to just embrace it and say, you know what? We got a chance to watch some basketball. The guys have a chance to get some live game reps. So that's fine. They should win that. We don't need to read too much into it, but it's a chance for them to get live game action. Norfolk State, a little more of a challenge. They're, you know, they were a decent team last year, yeah. around 500. JMU should on paper, you know, you would think, yeah. you know, should win on that. Then you got Radford, a team who really took JMU to the woodshed last year. Yeah. Um, and has been a good program. And, you know, the coach was rumored to be in consideration for, for this JMU jobs, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good test. So I think there's a, it's a very simple thing, but in three games, you can see a clear progression. Um, where if you're a coach or a player, where you can really maybe figure some things out and, and start to set some goals, you know, in those many, many senses. Um, yeah. So it's, Well, it's, and we heard, you know, we talked to Coach O'Regan from the women's team a few weeks ago, and it's the same on both sides. You have to play like a, a minimum number of games mm-hmm. to be eligible to get to the postseason tournament. Um, so uh, not that we're like saying that that's the goal or the, plan or anything yet but just you need games right now and as we've seen in football this year and i certainly you know uh, you got to be flexible and coach o talked about that too on the women's side they know they're going to have disappointments if they don't get some of their big marquee matchups and they might also have opportunities they weren't expecting along the way um as things shift this year and and then if something cancels you also just want to play you get in that rhythm and if you're you know if you've, uh, been, if you've had the Wednesday, the what is twenty seventh, mm-hmm. circled four months as when's kickoff. Well, you're gonna do what you can to play that game, and yeah, yeah. It's, they're not playing UVA or Duke or, or Kentucky, right. whatever. You got a game, you got a ball game. Um, Rob, I mean, kids at every level of sports know this, right? 
the the preseason, the endless preseason is miserable. And once the season starts and there are regular games, it's a whole lot easier to go to practice for one or two days, you know, like in between games, like Mm -hmm. it's way more fun to go play games than than to just keep beating the hell out of your friends and teammates, you know? And this is, they've used to do that. It was, it used to be a flat out exhibition. They play like Philadelphia, like like one of those traveling teams. Right. I mean, for all intents and purposes, that's what this game was going to be against Lancaster. That's what it's going to be against Limestone. Yeah. God help us if there's an upset or we're all freak out or anything. But right, right. everybody's like, oh, it's trouble for the strength of schedule. This isn't a year where you really should be worried about strength of schedule before mm-hmm. even COVID. You we know, need 15 complete- games. Like, I want to watch games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. But I'm saying, like, before, even before COVID. COVID, yes. We yeah, are resetting. We are, you know, resetting pretty much to start a complete rebuild of this program. Um, do what you got to do. And, and, you know, if this, if we're playing games like this in year four or five, yeah, we'll, we talk can, about that. we'll talk about it. this year. Let's just get playing. Let's see what Byington can do. Let's see what these guys can do. And let's start to have some balls. So we're talking about something other than, Oh my gosh, what are the testing results? Should we be doing this? You know, it's, it's too much. Let's just well, play. and it's all preparation for CAA play this year. Mm-hmm. Any preparation you can get, the CAA is a one bid league. That's is how it is. And so whatever does, whatever helps you get prepared is fine by me. I actually, Rob, I was really, I saw the, um, one of the mid-major polls today, they put out their first, you know, the mid-major top 25. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And it was like, this is one of the off brand ones that I kind of like following on Twitter and stuff. And I, there was not a single CAA team in the mid-major top 25, Yeah, um, which to me speaks volumes. I mean, that's a lot of teams from a lot of bad conferences, right? And I paid attention because I, you know, I, I looked, UNCG is ranked third this year because they have a fantastic player back for senior year this year. Um, but it, it was just funny to me. I was like, wow, Jamie, you could, you know, that, that, you know, I don't know. I've seen it's wide open. We've talked about it a lot. So. And the league hasn't won an NCAA tournament game since JMU won that playing game. That's right. And a lot of that is how you build respect in terms of yeah. these, these mid-major polls and things like that. Um, yeah. You know, the other ones take a couple scalps. You know, you, you beat a top 25 team or you have a Furman-type run, you know, a couple mm-hmm. years ago. And they even ended up getting screwed out of the, the big dance. But um, until the league starts demonstrating that they really can consistently beat teams in March, yep. it's going to be a one-day league, unfortunately. That's crazy. So it's been seven years. Yeah. So, yeah. Since they won a tournament game. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, on the women's side, I, I mean, I, I I was looking, Rob, at the schedule. Maybe the men will be. Originally, the Lancaster game was supposed to be on flow. So maybe the Limestone game will be if their production set up. I don't know. But I am just the first thing I'm looking forward to. The women is at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. And I guess this is also personal for me. At 4 p.m. on Wednesday, I will probably be able to watch um, some of the game. Yeah. And it will be the first game that I have watched since what whatever the last regular season games were for the men's and women's team last year um, of any kind for JMU sports. So like the very first thing I'm excited about is seeing the brand new arena, the brand new court and JMU uniforms out on that court and on my computer screen, right? I mean, in some ways, that's it's small that wins, simple. Small wins. Yeah, small wins, right? I will be excited to see those kids. Um, this coach that I love, uh, Kiki Jefferson, the preseason player of the year, 
uh, in the conference, uh, coming back, uh, the, you know, preseason pick JMU Dukes for the women's title in the CAA. Uh, so though, though, I mean, that's really and getting for me. votes and, getting and votes yeah, oh, and, yeah, others receiving votes in the yeah. AP top 25 or the USA today, top 25 coaches poll. So, yeah, I mean, huge respect for them. Um, and, and that will just be, I mean, it's weird, right? I guess looking back now, if football or something had played this fall, it, you know, that would have been awkward, but I would have watched and whatever. I mean, thankfully, most of the teams have made it through this fall. Uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing the JMU team out on the floor and certainly, lo- certainly looking forward to all the discussion about the new arena and everything else. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm really excited about this women's team. We touched on it last week where yeah. Coach O was very measured and talking about, you know, they lost four starters, bringing mm-hmm. Kiki back and another all-CA freshman. Um, mm-hmm. But then they were picked pretty much as the the clear, if not, I don't want to say unanimous, but it was it was pretty. They get six of the nine or yeah, ten Yeah, it's pretty resounding yeah. favorites. Yeah. And then to get picks, like that's a real kind of vote of confidence for the program. And it, this is now something that people are paying attention to. Yeah. at a national level and not mm-hmm. nobody's confusing them with you know notre dame or yukon or anything but it's a really respected mid-major that is right on the cusp of breaking through and i think when you take a look at these recruits and you hear coach o talking about it i think we're going to see the breakthrough um yeah. in the next couple of years i think kiki jefferson is gonna have a i think she's got a, a deep tournament tournament run in her and i, I think too. that's kind of where it all starts so yeah, I'm I did too. I think that's the future real high end talent. Yeah. yeah. And then my, my, my other thing, I mean, I guess I'll just go ahead. It was interesting. I thought that, uh, the UVA transfer, Brianna Tinsley, who don't get me wrong. I'm excited to see her out there. Um, was, she got an honorable mention votes in the preseason, um, you know, pick like player picks, mm-hmm. but you could Rob talking to coach. O a couple weeks ago, Jamia Hazel, the freshman, there was a little like, you know, he didn't want to like scream it out loud to all the other media in the CAA, but I'm really excited to see what this freshman class and particularly Hazel. I was um, excited before we talked to her. Yeah. And before we even I, talked I was, and, I, I and then to like, hear him kind of be like, look, I'm not gonna, you know, you could just, you know, I mean, we, you, you just listening to coaches, right. It was one of those, you hear it every year with Calipari about his, you know, there's always some kid that he's like, oh, we've got to talk about this kid, <laughs> you know, like, and that was, uh, I mean, Kiki needs some, um, you know, some, some wing women <laughs> with her yeah. on the, the, on this team. It can't be just Kiki. Uh, and you know, she's a great player. She's already established that in this conference her freshman year, but whether it's, you know, Tinsley's, that's fine. They've got three transfers coming in and, and excited to see all of them in a, in a weird COVID year. But this freshman class is legit. And I think it sounded from Coach O like Gazelle was ready to go and, and ready to really compete in the CAA right away. And so that, you know, as much as Tucker and Green and all the guys, uh, women coming back, I'm, I mean, I'm certainly glad to see them and have them all healthy and ready to go. But really excited to see this. Well, it reminds me a lot of where JMU football differentiated itself when when they talk about JMU mm-hmm. is deep enough that people need to compete every day to keep their job, and that uh-huh. raises the level. You know, so so your twos are gunning, pushing your ones, and everything. If you get that, you know, one through twelve or one through fifteen on a basketball roster, man, that's great. You know, you're running out in scrimmages and people are pushing each other and competing every day. 
that's what you love to see as a coach. And that turns into basketball that we love to watch as fans. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they'll start out, this will be a little softer start with Mount St. Mary's. I don't know. Buffalo could be good. I don't, I don't know. Um, but then they, they do go just looking ahead just cause it's Thanksgiving week and we'll talk next Monday, but yeah, they go to UVA a week from th- a week from Thanksgiving. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, after this week, they will really jump right in because they go to UVA, then they host Mason and GW, and then go to WVU. So, uh, yeah, fun out of conference if if everyone can, if these games can be played, and just looking forward to seeing both teams on the court. I don't know if did you have anything else on the men, Rob? No, not really. I mean, no, just no, again, yeah. like I'm trying to just manage. Like, there's gonna be, we're gonna miss out on some games that are on the schedule, and with any degree of luck, there's gonna be some games that pop up, maybe even against you know, quote unquote, marquee opponents as yeah. people need to, to kind of adjust on the fly. Um, yeah. It is a weird year. I'm, I go back and forth with, like I do with all, all the time with <laughs> college sports. I'm trying to rationalize things away. And, um, I'm excited to see them play. I'm trying to be optimistic, but part of me, it's just, it's overwhelming right now with everything that's going on, but I'm just trying to focus on like, Hey, we've got a couple games this week to look forward to. Uh, let's hope everybody's safe. And let's just enjoy it. This is going to be a crazy year. College football has been really neat. It's been fun to see teams like Northwestern and Indiana compete out there. Um, And I'm certainly excited for them and, you know, whatever, the Coastal Carolinas of the world, teams doing big things. But I'm also kind of in the back of my head writing this entire football season off as a fluke. I think I might be doing that a little bit with basketball as well. Like, not not in the sense that, like, good teams aren't good or we shouldn't, but it's just Mm going to be such a crazy year. Let's just enjoy it and hope that everybody stays safe. And then we'll start again next year, hopefully with a, with a clean slate. Yeah. Well, and you and I, you've said your boys and my nephew, like we had more fun watching our own family, like play little league games that did, you know, that oh, way more fun. mean zero in the yeah. grand scheme of things. Um, but, but, but more fun watching that this year than we did just about anything else. And I, I have a feeling I'm going to really enjoy watching jmu both teams uh this winter like it it, yeah and it won't matter to me the end result won't matter that much to me i'm just going to enjoy that occasionally i get an hour to sit down you know pour myself a drink and watch a little bit of jmu sports you know like that's about it you said it it so much better than i could it's like i'm saying (laughs) i'm worried about all this pandemic and disease and i feel guilty but then i'm like you know what because of that it almost makes it more pure where I'm not going to freak out or worry about RPI or Ken Palm. I'm just going to try to be grateful that I'm going to get to watch hoops. And I'm just going to try to appreciate that these guys are out and gals are out there playing their hardest, trying to win some games and giving us a nice distraction at a time when we sorely, sorely need good, yep. good, wholesome distractions. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. Yeah. The long winter. Um, and, and, and by the way, I, I'm loving this Patino conversation about, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I have a feeling they're they're going to move this thing to April or May, right? The they March seem hell bent against. Oh, it. No, they seem hell bent against it, and it, it just seems like, like it's cutting off your nose to spite your face. Like yeah. Patino is right. Like just make it happen. We need to have the tournament push it back. Like it was very weird having the NBA finals in October, but for those of us that watched it, it was a hell of a lot of fun. Yes, certainly not. The like Masters I, was great last, yeah. two weeks, last week or two weeks ago. It was <laughs> neat. It's still you're watching things, and it's almost like cleared counter. It's a new, unique experience. Um, 
I think he's right. And I very rarely think Rick Pitino is right, but he was just like, Hey, it's going to be really crazy with college kids going back and forth and people traveling to see family over the holidays. Let's just hit pause, try to keep the athletes safe and start January. And if we play into May, we play into May, but let's all just, just play hoops. And they seem hell bent on, no, it's got to be March. And it's probably some stupid trademark. They don't have May Madness trademarked or something dumb. <laughs> yeah, something horribly cynical. Um, <sighs> but it just seems so incredibly stupid to me. I understand wanting to push, but I mean, we've already seen teams cancel games left and right this week. It's happened to both the men and women. Yep. Um, we're going to push through. UConn women shut down today, I saw. Yeah. Um, and, for 14 days. Yeah. Uh, I'm hopeful that if we get some more news, you know, if we get more concrete news about vaccine availability and and if they were to come out and say like, yeah, we're legitimately going to have this available in March and April, that that would be something enough to move the needle and say, okay, if we play this in May, we can actually have all of our kids healthy at the tournament site and ready to play. You know, like, and it also because the other thing that I feel bad because I just kind of ranted to anybody who would listen about how ridiculously transparent the ACC was about saying like, let's just open it up to everybody. I was like, they're that's just cynical crap. They just want to put all their teams in it so they can get <laughs> you know random Clemson team and they're going to slap it <laughs> yeah. back to eliminate all the mid majors. But right. now I'm like, you know what? Even though I still think that was the case, and they were just trying to all hit their NCAA bonuses and make sure their crappy 500 conference teams could get in. Now I'm like, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Just make it no. a crazy year, yeah. have a shortened season, have everyone play 12 games, and then we have like this FA Cup style thing where, where right. everybody comes and plays. But I don't know. Well, it's- and if I guess I'm just – hopefully they are not so stuck. I mean, if we get to December, if we get to the end of the calendar year and it doesn't look like you know a big change is coming in March, April, May – then I'm okay. Like, okay, then just go forward with the March yeah. plan. Right. I you know mean, what? and if, and if some, top and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Right. Or it's tough, you know, stuff. But happens. the Clemson stuff this weekend with the football was ridiculous. Like don't act like Florida state did something wrong here. Like yeah. both things can be true. Florida yeah. state didn't want to play and they shouldn't play. <laughs> like Dabo both- needs to shut up. Yeah, those yeah, guys. Yeah. It's not even reading the room. He needs to read Earth right now. Right, right, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, like, he's complaining. Like, oh, they like it's the great injustice of all time. That <laughs> they spent all this money down there. I'm like, Dabo, you're taking millions of dollars, a bunch of amateur players, and now you want to talk about fiscal responsibility, right? Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Florida State was like, whoa, you guys had somebody who was symptomatic all week, plaque practicing. Now he's testing positive. Stands he to flew on the plane with the team down there. On a plane, like, position group, and they're like, and you're going to kick our ass. Hell no, we're not going to put – like, what's the point? <laughs> and you, you, sure, maybe if they had a chance of going to the playoffs, you can – you know, what if this to death? But, like, on face value, who, who cares? No, it ain't worth playing that game. No. no. And from Clemson's standpoint, it ain't worth playing that game. Nothing that would have happened Saturday would have made a bit of difference to Clemson's playoff chances. If it's Clemson runs Dabble the table, they're going to the playoff, right? Yeah. It's just <laughs> Dabo being Dabo and talking to these same, you know, 50 people to get all fired up. And um, it's completely putting the ridiculous nature of wins and losses and coach speak to just to levels that it, sh- it shouldn't go there. It's just no. the more that man speaks, the harder it is to root for him. 
And I don't well, think, you, like just you beat I'm Alabama a couple times, and yeah, you can say what you want. Apparently, so yeah. yeah. But like, it's like um, I'm not a Saban fan, but I don't think Saban would have said that. He would have used it in some way to motivate his players, and he would take. Oh yeah, yeah, but he wouldn't have acted like a petulant child. No, it doesn't hurt the SEC. He doesn't. They're not canceling that game. No, they ain't canceling. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But, um, I don't know. It, that just it kind of turned my stomach. I know, I know, I know. I was actually glad that Mississippi State. I'm not rooting for them in any way or for Leach in any way, but I was glad that they hung in there and like acquitted themselves well with like less than 50 scholarship players available. Yeah. That kind of scary. Too, I, yeah. I, I, Cause I get nervous for those kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. At that point you're like, I mean, you know, it, it's just like every year when, you know, when J we talk about it every year, when JMU goes to play our FBS game, what's our number one goal when we go to play those games, Rob? Yeah, not getting get hurt. hurt. Yeah. yeah, just don't get hurt, right? And the same thing when Moorhead State comes to JMU, I'm sure they're doing the same thing. And yeah, that was well, just that's a, the situation with Florida State. It's like, okay, they don't want to get hurt either. And oh, maybe not have people contract a deadly virus right and bring it back to our university right when we're sending everybody home. Like there's that right, right. very real thing. And everybody's like, oh, you know, college kids aren't dying. Fine. But you still just it ain't worth it. Um yeah, and that's I worry so much. I, I just I, I continue to worry and I, I will worry about this in basketball when the time comes to. Um, I don't know. We don't have to keep talking about this, but football, I just I just worry about kids. Um, the decisions kids are going to make as their seasons continue to not really mean anything. Yeah. And I know that's like a hard thing to say. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just an old man thinking about playoff chances and stuff like that too much. And the kids love playing, but I, I just, as Penn state and Michigan continue to get their ass kicked, for example, and, and their season seems to be less and less of what the kids envisioned it to be. Um, I, I just hope people don't get hurt down the stretch of the season. Well, I hope people don't get hurt and I hope the yeah. kids don't get frustrated and say, and bail out all these protocols. Yeah. And make everybody else is going, you know, it's they're, they're yeah. kids and they're human. Yeah, and they're exactly. Humans. I don't. Um, I don't blame them at all. I, yeah. I guess I'm. I'm ranting about Dabo because he's an easy target. <laughs> but the thing that really gets me is there's no standards. I was like, wait, they had to agree. They had different different medical teams meeting to discuss it, and it wasn't just like flowchart. Like if test positive, game canceled. It was <laughs> like if test positive, meet half an hour earlier to discuss. There's just there's nobody in charge. Well, this is what continues to bother us about March slash May madness. Yeah. It's like, what are you saying? So yeah. like, how am I supposed to know whether Limestone College or Lancaster Bible College is better for JMU to play this week? Like, I, yeah. you know, it, it, the whole thing is ridiculous. But anyways, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, go Dukes this week. <laughs> We're looking forward to watching the games. Rob, we have a really fun. We want to um, be thankful for some things. I'm thankful to be talking to you. Yes, I'm thankful that, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm extremely thankful that we are in, this is our, by the way, Rob, tonight will be our last show of what I've called season four. So I don't know, we're getting ready to hit our three or four year anniversary of the podcast and our what 12 year, 11 year anniversary of the blog, um, at the end of this month. But I, when COVID started back in March and everything stopped playing, I just changed this over to season four of the podcast. And next week, if there are games played this week, I intend to start that as season five. Oh, 
Um, so I'm excited about that. And I'm very thankful that we've been able to do this now for, you know, we've been able to do this podcast for three years. We've maybe gotten a little better at it. We've had some amazing guests and friends join us over the time and, and all the things that have happened. But what, what are, we always do a Thanksgiving thing. It usually revolves around food and or beverages. Yeah. Um, what are we doing this year? Well, I just rather than we, we tend to do like a top three or a draft or some sort of listicle type thing yeah. for these OTs. And those are very fun. But I think we're getting to the point, like you mentioned, we're in season four or five. We're kind of redoing it. I've long assumed that we've just redone the same things over and over again, but I've never gone back to check. Right. So, but given that, I know for certain that we've done Thanksgiving sides. So what I want to do this year, instead of having a draft, I came up with a couple of bit of top, a couple topics, Thanksgiving things, not necessarily mm-hmm. foods, and I'll throw them out there. And then we can discuss whether we think they're overrated or underrated. <laughs> and okay. that's it. Not necessarily foods. We're not going to go through the brackets of that Today Show bracket for Thanksgiving sides. Oh, yeah. No. Those things are fun, but they're yep. done a million times. We've done them a million times. So we're just going to do random Thanksgiving stuff that I came mm-hmm. up with this list earlier. So we'll start off. What I what I like about Thanksgiving, particularly this year, making the best of the situation, being at home, a little easier to crack open the Bloody Mary bar or the mimosa bar <laughs> um, Thursday morning before you start cooking. So Thanksgiving morning Bloody Marys, what do you think? Overrated or underrated? Hmm. Probably for me, probably underrated for me. Mm-hmm. I think of the Bloody Mary being more like the Christmas time thing. Really? And so this is a little like underrated. And I, I, I'm also thinking, maybe I'm thinking of this in my own personal lens too much. I am back to doing potentially two, the double Thanksgiving oh. in some way this year, or at least a, a, a drive-by visit kind of a thing this year. And so that is going to significantly inhibit my Thanksgiving Bloody Mary consumption yes. this year. Yeah. So, um, you know, that it, I, I don't know. That's maybe, maybe I'm, so to me, it seems underrated because I would love to be having a, tr- a normal Thanksgiving where I didn't have to think about these things. Right? Yeah. You're speaking yeah. my language for me. Yeah. Okay. They're incredibly yeah. underrated because I so rarely get to have them. Yes. Um, it's one of my favorite drinks. I probably okay. have them twice a year. Like if I go mm-hmm. to a wedding or something and there's a brunch or egg. Um, I love them on Thanksgiving, but honestly, I've only been able to have them once or twice in my life because it's usually wake up. Sometimes I do a run with like last year, oh, yeah. five yeah. miler, a couple of years. Um, but in almost all cases, we're driving out to see my parents that afternoon. And, you know, so I don't really want to get into it, you know, just yeah. so this year, and I'm not going to overdo it, but like it will be nice the idea that I can just wake up, turn on the parade, have a Bloody Mary after a cup of coffee or before, and just kind of roll with the the weird limits of 2020 Thanksgiving and see it as, you know, a little bit of a perk. So for me, they're underrated simply because I very rarely get to get to enjoy them on Thanksgiving morning. I like it. I have to say that selfishly, I, you brought up the parade. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad the parade is on. I actually, and that's a terrible, I I don't know what, probably overrated normally, but this year I was like, I kind of am glad there's something going on. And I'm not doing a race because there's not a race to do this yeah, year. So thing. I'm doing like 
some work on the fence, I think, in the morning. So I don't know. Anyways, yeah, really dad. In the spirit of last week's amazing dad rock nightcaps, I'm, I'm doing some fence work on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, solid. Yes. Solid. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the parade is probably properly rated. If that's a cop out, like you can get all hyped and try to overrate it, or you can downplay it. But the truth is, it's just kind of it's a. Fun I'll admit, I, it's a fun I much prefer the, the New Year's parade to the to the rose, the rose bowl, bowl the rose tournament of roses parade to the thanksgiving parade and it's it's just because you're usually a little bit worn out on new year's morning and it's so cool to see the sunshine there's like, also the kind of like the new york parade on thanksgiving is like a debacle weather-wise other than like the marching world dukes sometimes being in it it's usually like a disaster. It, I mean, the weather's worse than it is here. So like, I don't know. It's fine. It's properly rated. You're yeah, right. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Next one. Next one. You go. Um, NFL Thanksgiving football. Okay. So I thought about this and my initial reaction was hugely overrated. And the reason I was going to say it is because there's only like one game at a time and it, because it's Detroit and Dallas, traditionally you get at least one this year, you get two stinkers. It's improved somewhat with the addition of the night game. But I will say this. The only reason I'm going to say it's underrated, Rob, is, oh my gosh, is it an escape, depending on your family situation. Yeah. And it's a neutral ground. Like, it doesn't matter this year because my family's not, we're not having like an extended family situation. Mm-hmm. But oh my gosh goodness can the like my dad's cousins from west virginia i can think of some thanksgivings growing up where like people are ready to come to blows on like (laughs) politics and like lifestyle views right and at least they can sit their ass down and watch the cowboy root against the cowboys you know like like equalizer hating the cowboys right and so in some ways it's like something and like i think my mom would actually we're i don't know you and I are for, like, we're like NFC East non Cowboys fans. So we've had like kind of the proper, am- like exactly the right amount of our team playing on Thanksgiving over the years. Right. We occasion we get it every three or four years, but we don't get it all every year, you know? So I don't know this year. I'm excited. We're going to get to watch Jimmy um, on Thanksgiving and for first place in the NFC East. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Uh, no, look, it's, yeah, I'll, I'm interested to hear because I think any take that says overrated would be probably correct. But from a, like having something in the background, it, I love it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's a little overrated. I, I'm kind yeah. of a traditionalist. So similar to the parade, I like the fact that you can rely on it for all the reasons you said, like, it's just, it's an easy way to just, if you're tired or, you know, you long drive or just frustrated people, it's an easy thing to settle into and kind of build your day around. My family has always been terrible about timing things. So it's like, we're we're going to sit down to dinner in between the games or something. It, it always gets messed up. And then it causes like some sort of tension because my wife and my mother don't understand yeah. why me and my dad and my brother want to watch the Giants Cowboys. Up, you know, <laughs> oh, you let us see this driving. No, the food's hot. No, no, no. you know, it's just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're largely kind of nothing games. And it's the nature of like, I don't like the Cowboys. I've always kind of had a little bit of a soft spot for Detroit. I was born there. Me too. So I yeah. kind of said like, I've always liked the uniforms. They've been like my, 
And the Thanksgiving Day uniforms are usually great. They're usually great. Um, yep. So it's kind of like, I like the idea of it more than I like it in execution. That's why I think it's a little overrated. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. The, I, I like the idea of it more than the actual thing. Um, yeah, it's tough. I, this year, my family, it's, it's funny. We're actually, because we're doing an outdoor we're like smoking a turkey at my brother's and, oh, awesome. and now it's going to rain. So it's my, anyways, it may, may all, I don't know. We're doing like a tailgate thing, but, and I was kind of glad cause we're going to bring the TV out to the detached garage. Right? Um, but we'll see. Yeah. It, I, I'm with you. It, it's definitely from a gameplay standpoint, it's vastly overrated. Right. Yeah. I mean, the games don't, I mean, the one thing about having the tradition of Detroit and Dallas is that you're almost guaranteed that at least one of them is not, it doesn't, it doesn't make for a good game. At the same time, you don't really care if it's a good game. It's just that it's there for you every time. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think we would feel differently if I were actually a Lions fan or a Cowboys fan, that that would be weird. And my mom would be angry. So, so yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Next one. What's our next one? Turkey. (sighs) <sighs> I, this is all you go ahead on this one Rob. Just, the easy take is it's overrated nobody likes you never cook a turkey otherwise and i i kind of agree with that the momentum and it's almost become a cliche now like i mean like saying turkey is overrated is like trying to say you know die hard is your favorite christmas movie it's like it i feel like it's kind of come to be with internet culture like it's just a go-to like oh ha ha um, and we're not trying to hot take any of these. These are things we legitimately have opinions about. But I think because of that, Turkey has been considered so overrated that it's almost come full circle to be a little bit underrated again. And yeah. the common criticism is like, oh, it's no good unless you put the gravy and eat it with mashed potatoes. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but you do. I mean, that's like saying pizza's no good if you don't have sauce. But like, it's part yeah. of the pizza. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not going to take just a big hunk of turkey. But turkey with gravy and mashed potatoes, or yeah, people are like, well, that's the only way it tastes delicious, or it only mm-hmm. tastes good. Like, well, yeah, but it tastes good. So, like, I'm not saying it's my favorite food. Like, I'm not going to be like, you know, given the choice between having going out for steaks or going out for turkey, I'd rather go out for steaks. Or, but pretty like smoked turkey, delicious. Fried turkey, delicious. A well roasted turkey, like I spatchcocked mine. Two years yep. ago, where you do oh, flat yeah. and like it mm-hmm. gets it cooks better throughout. Like get the dark meats good. Like and then you slather it in gravy and all that tasty good stuff. Yes, of course it's delicious with gravy. So <laughs> I'm not saying it's the greatest thing ever, but I think it's it it's gotten it's like slander against turkey now, and and it must stop. It's yes, it's good. It's not amazing, but it is good. Certainly good enough to be underrated against the onslaught of. Turkey sock steaks that are out there. Well, this is kind of, I was about to say, I, I wanted to let you go ahead with this one. I was interested. For me, like 360 days a year, turkey is overrated. Yeah. Like at a on a Tuesday in April at the deli down the street from your work, mm-hmm. you're only getting a turkey sandwich because you're like feeling fat and guilty about <laughs> yourself for staying up and watching whatever game you watched the night before, right? But at like... But Thanksgiving turkey, with all that stuff that you just mentioned, is great. And then having Thanksgiving turkey for like three or four days afterwards, when you can throw it on a, you know, pumpernickel or a rye or some good bread with mayonnaise and lettuce and 
cranberry sauce and all the other yeah things. and all the other leftovers you have your like frankenstein crap. sandwiches with all your leftovers. right exactly that's fantastic <laughs> yes yeah i'm with you on that well, that's, I, my kids are more excited about leftovers i always and, was like, yeah and, and that's fine and people are like well that's just more reason that's not good i'm like no that that's more in the plus column for turkey yes it'll last a couple days like we're doing um Sam wants to make turkey pot pie with leftovers. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, that's delicious. You know, yeah. so you know, turkey, it's not amazing. Mm. I'm not trying to be like team turkey rules or anything, but it is it is good. And the idea that you it's only good with all the extra stuff you put on it, well, duh. An ice cream uh-huh. sundae is better than plain ice cream. Yeah, right, right. You know, right. Okay. Uh, enough about that. But yeah. and now, now we move on to the other side of the equation, sides. So Thanksgiving side dishes, overrated or underrated? For me, they are still overrated. I So here's the thing. I really like – I love stuffing on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. because I never eat stuffing the rest of the you year. You never order stuffing ever. I would never order stuffing. I never eat it. I never make it. No one ever no – one, no one makes it, eats it, or orders it any other time of the year. But it's wonderful on Thanksgiving. It's such a treat. The rest of them – for me, I don't know. They're fine. I mean, I don't. I do love dessert on Thanksgiving, but beyond that, I'm kind of a take it or leave it person. I mean, there's a lot of great potatoes, but I'm a potato fanatic year round, so I don't really, you know, um, a lot of the sort of vegetable ish type things are kind of poisoned for me by like they're all so sweet or fatty like in a way that they're not the rest of the year like just give me regular vegetables it can become overly decadent yeah it's too it's like too much for me and i I, yeah that's what it is i feel like i'm in like a game of thrones feast or something like at some point i'm like i don't need all this and then i don't give a crap about like you know my mom makes these special rolls every year and it's just extra bread and then which is i love bread don't get me wrong but it's like another thing at Thanksgiving well, and then a- the cranberry stuff. I don't, I mean, I know a lot of people love it and you might like it, but my dad likes it, but I don't give a crap. Like good cranberry sauce, canned cranberry sauce, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Like I don't need any of that stuff. So I like it for sandwiches. I've got nothing against the canned stuff. It's just, it, it adds a little bit of acid or whatever. I like it better for sandwiches. We're saying I do like making cranberry sauce. Uh-huh. Um, not so much because I think it tastes better. But it's just fun to make. It sounds uh-huh. weird. Oh, like, yeah, that's all the, the little berries pop and, and it tastes basically the same. It's just a different uh-huh. texture instead of the jelly. Um, but I just do like it for sandwiches. I think it's kind of – I'm going to go with properly rated. Like you. Oh, like, okay. I think it's very easy to get caught up in like the sides hysteria. But it's from this anti-turkey bias. And it's just – I think <laughs> it's a good thing. Yes. It's good. Um, but like mac and cheese is delicious. Mac and cheese along with 16 other sides can be a bit much. Yeah. I love mashed potatoes, but I don't need mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving. Like that's not the key to everything. Yeah. And I love Brussels sprouts. I usually make Brussels sprouts at Thanksgiving and everybody wishes they had bacon or some crap. And I'm like, I didn't need, that was the whole point. I'm making them because I don't need. Yeah. Another thing with bacon, well, you just know, like roasted like, Brussels sprouts, a little bit of olive oil. Right. Yes, it. just yeah, yeah. Well, I will say that's where I go with a little bit of the underrated nature of it is, I do think it's cool how it sets itself up where everybody can bring their thing, and even if you it, don't like true. it, I, I think that part is underrated from the kind mm-hmm. of the family and the community, the community aspect of like, 
oh, like this year we know like, oh, Sam's making his mashed potatoes and, you know, Aunt Katie's making her Brussels sprouts. And like, I think that part of it is really fun. Yes, it and, is. And it's cool. But sometimes it's just like, it's a little bit of overkill. You end up with just like this random smorgasbord of things that don't always go together. And This um, is my problem. Maybe it's, it's my own thing, right? I, I love all these foods. Rob, do you I, make I, a plate where you're like, I wish I didn't take like three inches for that? I don't know. Uh, it's just like I, I sometimes make the plate and I'm like, hmm, I didn't need like all eight or nine things. Yeah, like, it just becomes too much. Right, right. Like I would probably, if I had one of these as like a side with a dinner, be fine, be like really happy. Well, ironically enough, I think at any given time, I will go to the mat for several traditional Thanksgiving sides on their own. But yes. I just think the notion that like sides are amazing, turkey stinks. It's made me think they're, it's it's right in the middle. They're really good. I, I, I love mac and cheese. I love Brussels sprouts. I love mashed potatoes. But let's just let's check ourselves a bit. People go over the top, so right. I think it's it's okay. They're good. They're really good, but they're not mm-hmm. amazing, and it's not this terrible, awful, gluttonous feast. We all need to just have salad. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. In the middle. They're fine. So. Got it. All right, we got have one else more. Well, no, we got we got two more. This is okay. Good. We have two more. And this is uh, second to last one. Is like I don't know if you've heard anybody do this for you, or if you're the type of person who does it, but. Going to great lengths to pair wines or beers with the Thanksgiving meal. Is that overrated or underrated? Hmm. So I, I I saw you put this up earlier and I didn't know how to react to that. I'll I'll say this. I appreciate the effort. Um, but it's almost impossible. I, I would say it's overrated only because of what we just talked about. When there's 19 dishes, it's like really difficult for me to like think about it. Um, the one thing I'll say is there's a lot of good stuff out at this time of year. We've gotten through the horrible pumpkin phase on beer and we already got like Sierra celebration is out and about in the world. So there are definitely options. Um, I've been really happy that my mom has come around to like the Cava Prosecco world on Thanksgiving, which I think can occasionally work. Um, but I have a hard time. And and again, for me, for someone who loves beer and really all, (laughs) all drinks in this way, um, sometimes drinking for me feels over the top on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Like I'm already eating all this stuff. I don't, I don't love it as much as I do normally. And I feel bad because like my brother and my brother's father-in-law both show up with like very thoughtful, you know, they are thinking about this, like, oh, we're smoking the turkey this year, so we should have this wine or this beer. And they're very, like, good about it. And normally, I would be the first one to be – if they showed up at, like, you know, a random Washington football team game, I would be like, oh, thank you so much for bringing this great beer from Charlottesville that I haven't had before. Mm-hmm. But on Thanksgiving, I'm like, uh, just 200 more calories that I have to, like, sit here and digest. I don't know. So maybe for me, it's a little overrated, but I'm Todd, interested in your take here. Todd, you could not be more right. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is one of those things, super conscientious. I, I appreciate when people try to do it. It is just such wasted effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know a ton about wine. I have a lot of, I have more interest in wine than I do knowledge of wine. Right. Um, we've got some friends like Gaston really knows wine and I've done, yep. he's come over doing tastings with me. <laughs> and I find it 
fascinating. Like I, I, I just think it's so cool. Yeah. Um, Jessica will laugh. She's like, just drink what you like. That's absolutely the best advice on Thanksgiving. Yeah. The meal is yeah. all over the place. You try yes. to do anything. It's just too much. Like, do you try to pair it with, you know, the fatty foods or the acid or it's so overwhelming. Um, true wine people who that I've talked to say it is just the hardest thing to pair. Just don't even bother. Just first of all, it's Thanksgiving. Drink what you like. Don't overthink it. Don't make intimidate. I appreciate the effort. Uh-huh. Um, I think the idea of like, oh, we're going to do a tasting. We're going to start off with appetizers and Prosecco. Then we're going to move into cheese and a really nice porter. It's too much. It's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be honest. Like, honestly, like I I'm usually overwhelmed drink, by the food. Yeah. I usually drink sparkling cider with the meal. Good. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, I'll have a beer before dinner. I do like having a bourbon after everybody's gone to bed just to settle the stomach. Yeah. But for me, like, it's just overwhelming. It's one of those things I, yes. I wish I knew more about this. I, I appreciate people that can do it. I admire them. It's 100% unnecessary on Thanksgiving. Just yeah. too much. It's a long day. Have a glass of whatever you like. I don't care if it's milk with ice yep. or Coca-Cola or, you know, whatever. Get weird. But don't don't bother because everybody's eating different <laughs> stuff. It's just too much. It's too much. Yeah. That's exactly right. I love that. Okay. Yeah. And then our so final our one, our, mm-hmm. the final one for Thanksgiving, overrated or underrated, sitting down, unbuckling your pants or belt after a meal and sitting on the couch. That overrated <laughs> or underrated? Wow. <laughs> well, I, I'll we're say this. Men now. This is right. This is our thing. This is what. Yeah, this is dad this rock. Is yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think it's impossible to overrate this. Like it's, I'm not going to say it's probably, (laughs) it's so inappropriate and (laughs) ridiculous. Like I feel like a Simpsons episode, but it's not, but it's not overrated because it is like the one day of the year when you're like, fuck. Like, like, I, like I, I'm sorry. And you're like, I gotta do this. Like, you're like, and you're like, and you're already in that place where and this is the whole thing with the. We just went back to the drinks and pairing thing, Rob. For me, it's like, okay, do I have one more, one more drink here? Like, because I, I can't really move right now, and I'm already. And you start in your mind, you do the like bargaining where you're like, okay, tomorrow's Friday. I'm off. Like. For once in the like, this is really nice. I have a, actually a free day tomorrow. In a way that you don't really at Christmas time, like you kind of have that free Friday, Saturday, Thanksgiving a lot. Not everybody. A lot of people have to work, but sometimes you have that free Friday. But you already have given up. Like what happens to me is I feel like by like nine o'clock on Thanksgiving night, I've already given up on the Friday run. Yeah, that I had planned. <laughs> like whatever run or ride or whatever have I had a little planned. Less mayo on the turkey sandwich. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to like actually move tomorrow, so I might as well pour on another stout. <laughs> like, so yeah, at that point, you're just you might as well unbuckle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to say that, but I'm just like, I hope I'm. I hope I feel normal by Saturday. <laughs> it's kind of how I get to it. Thanksgiving, a lot of times. Yeah. That's terrible. I don't know if this is overrated or underrated or just cliched. Like, I guess people actually do this, but I, I'm very much a change into sweatpants guy. So I'm going to say it's overrated. Mm-hmm. And just go change. Just go change. Mm-hmm. Put on your comfy clothes and settle in for the night. Um, 
it's slightly... That's funny because I think this depends on where you are. Like you yeah. have children now, Rob, so you are often a host of these type of holiday things. Yeah. So I mean, so, I'm not saying it's like super. The sweatpants are readily me. available, though. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. Great to have like people in your house or be over at your in-laws, or your parents, and go change into sweatpants. But I do think it's a little better than just unbuckling and putting your hand down your pants. Yes, you know, Al Bundy style. Um, yeah, you're right. That that's true. I, I'm actually probably more. I was trying to think. Thanksgiving's usually kind of my family, depending on games. I don't know. Thanksgiving doesn't last forever anymore in the way no, that it used to. No, not for us. Like Christmas tends to last a lot longer. Um, and I tend to indulge a little more on, on Christmas, I feel like, but, um, yeah, I don't know. You're probably right. It is definitely overrated. <laughs> You're like, how have I let myself go this much? Yeah. It just I do feel like the COVID Thanksgiving though. Like, I don't know whether it's going to be better or worse this year. Cause like, I'm not going to be, I mean, I'm not going to be like sprawled out on my parents' couch for three hours this year. It's like gonna be, I normally it's going to be worse. For so me. I'm going to be home. I'll be home just eating. I'll be cooking and eating all day. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. This is going to be a weird one. Yeah. yeah. And I am excited like Thanksgiving night. I, I am excited to actually, I'm going to be home this year. And the one good game this year is Steelers Ravens Um, is the night game this year. So <laughs> I will likely be home and be able to kind of, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I'll probably go to this. I'll go to the sweatpants like you is what I'll yeah, probably do. That's also a good governor for not overindulging. Being like, I got something. To, there's a good one. Don't eat too much so you fall asleep. Don't drink too much so you fall asleep. There's a good game worth watching. Um, that's kind of a nice goal to have throughout the day. Well, the WTF or, or WFT, <laughs> that might have been intentional, um, <laughs> is playing for first place at 430 on Thursday again in Dallas. So we'll see. Um, I, I am excited. I'm going to have my Jimmy Jersey on and be ready to go, Rob, well, at least for a couple days till the giants and the Eagles pass them both by. <laughs> uh, the, giants, the Giants have a tough, tough schedule. Giants are winning the division, Rob. Come on. I, giants are the, yeah. You have to have that. You're the only optimistic fan I'm, base in the division. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very optimistic about the team going forward. I think judge is the right call. I think the whole situation mm-hmm. with Colombo last week, you know, notwithstanding, Jason McIntyre's ridiculously made up rumor about the fight. Like, I think that's fine. Like, I think Judge is the right guy for the job. Mm-hmm. I think Jones is going to settle in and be a good quarterback. He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes, but he's going to be good and serviceable. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to work out this year. They're, they've improved a lot, but they've got a really tough schedule. I think they got Seattle. They've got Baltimore. Like, they've got some tough games. Yeah. But I think the future is – I feel better about the future now – than I did five weeks ago. And that's really all you want with a young team with a new coach. Yeah. yeah. And that's the mentality I'm trying to take forward for Jamie Hoops. Like, I'm not going to freak out about every win and loss. I'm just going to say, like, is the overall arc of this team, like, does it look like something that I will be excited to watch on a Wednesday night two years from now? If we come out of the season, if I'm confident saying, oh, yeah, this is this is fun. This is something I want to be part of. For me, that's my definition of success to bring this back to Jamie Hoops. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. And same thing with the women. Like, okay, this in this crazy year, you and I are very excited. And we think there's potential for Kiki Jefferson maybe to take like a sweet 16 type run junior or senior year. Do we still believe that in late February? If we do, that's a pretty damn good season where everything's fall out with March Madness or May Madness or conference tournaments mm-hmm. or 12 games. Like, 
that's the approach I'm trying to take for this year for, for basketball. I think that's a really good thought, Rob, to end with is because you're right. I hadn't thought about that in the big picture on the women's team. This is a season that with all the craziness could end anywhere on the map. Anywhere. Um, anywhere. Or off the map for the women's team, right? It could be 11-1. I mean, right. I mean, if Kiki misses two – Game canceled. You know, right. Like, I was going to say, I mean, they could be going like gangbusters and Kiki has to miss two weeks right at tournament time and they never even get to whatever the NCAA tournament is, yeah. right? I mean, so – I or – they could struggle through the season and miss players for games during the season and make a run to the elite eight this year because of like the way things break and everything. But I don't think either one of those really matter to how are they looking for next year and the year after, you know, you're right. I I think it's a look to how is the program building? Are they better off than where they came in at the start of this year? Yeah, that's going to be a really yeah. And like, I, I know people think like, <sighs> yeah, Coach has been knocking on the door. He hasn't broken through yet. But there's also reason to think like, man, if we could be in the situation with the men's team three years yeah. from now, where they're getting, you know, they're turning over four fifths of their starting roster and getting votes in the top twenty five. Like, ooh, wow, that's a pretty good situation to be in. And and I understand yeah. the frustration. We've been frustrated by some of the weird stuff that's happened in the past couple of CA tournaments, you know, last year mm-hmm. getting canceled a couple years ago, you know, people getting injured and mm-hmm. it's been like all things considered, man, what would we give for the men's team to be, to, to be frustrated about that with the men's team. So it's all relative yeah. and it's all pushing forward. So I, do yeah, you know what I want? I, I want to lose coach Byington to wake forest in three years is what I want. Yeah. Right. I mean, like that's. I mean, I'm sorry. That's that's what I want. Yeah, you want right? him to, I mean, ideally, you want him to be this to be Mark Few or something like that. Right. Know? Oh, of course. Yes. yes. But, but if otherwise, not, but if JMU yeah. basketball becomes what JMU football is, like, oh, this place where coaches who have aspirations know they can mm-hmm. go in there and win for two or three years and get a bigger job. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a hell of a lot better than it's been for the past 25 years. Yeah. And Rob, I shouldn't say this. I'm going to say it quietly, but. Whether it's Byington or Signetti, I would love to have a coach around to transition us through whatever the craziness is in terms of um, conference locations the last the next yes. five years, right? So, I mean, I've been loath to talk about. I know, me too. I don't want to talk about it, and we don't know financially how all this stuff's going to shake out. But that thing, as you said a couple weeks ago, Rob, that a Bourne's note about Flow Sports and the CAA. I don't know. There was a blinking red light behind that. If you're looking in the right place, one of these things is not like the other. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. I mean, absolutely. So, now, with I that just... being said, you talk about the money situation. Mm-hmm. We will put in a plug here, and people can call us shills for the school and everything. Um, we know the school has hit us up six million ways to sit more money, and I have my thoughts about why the heck this is only coming out now. But the opportunity to go buy like the cutout. It's pretty cool. What is it? Thirty bucks? You can Very do cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, we got to we got to get together on that. And we got to get this out. We, we should do something. Maybe try to. Mm-hmm. We got to put the uh, shirts from game day on or something. Put the shirts yeah. from game day or yeah. whatever. Have some sort of raffle or something. We'll, we'll pay yeah. for listeners. But um, that's a really cool program. I, I, I wish they had rolled out earlier. I think it's something that people might have been a little more excited about mm-hmm. if they'd rolled into the season ticket thing or. 
I think they were my, hoping with the fan that they might have fans. You know, the plan was originally yeah, I mean, a thousand fans and then they didn't want to. That's I, a, I don't know. That's yeah, it's a tough. Like, they're scrambling too, but um, yeah, I think they're going to be kind of moving and changing direction on the fly, but they're coming up with some pretty neat stuff. This is a good one. Um, I personally will probably buy something. It, for me, it's something that kind of circled around to say like, hey, there's some pretty cool Christmas gifts, maybe for some people that I haven't seen in a while or just to kind of check in and say, rough year to you know buy one for for some of our buddies that you know we haven't unfortunately been able to see we normally be hanging out basketball games or football games with so 30 bucks you go get a little cutout and they'll put you up there and you can be seen on uh the worst streaming network in america (laughs) no a couple games you get on comcast sportsnet uh rob last thing i i did i caught the very end of the richmond game this week so that was uh this continues to be it's the second time. I mean, I know there's been three games and the middle one didn't make any sense, but in no sense though. So bizarre. It's so fun to watch these games that, you know, we had the 08 app state and then this week and up here in DC, we had the 08 Richmond Scotty McGee game. And I had, there were so many things that were fun to watch at the end of that game, but just thank God there's no replay, huh? Thank God there's no replay on that two point conversion. Yes. <laughs> um, but at the same time, the punt return itself is, will always be one of the most iconic plays in JMU history. And I'm so just glad that it, it just shows. I mean, that is the kind of thing that we hope as things continue to build or hopefully continue to build over the next 20 or 25 years, if we're still playing that those are the kind of things that we're lucky enough to be old enough to look back on and be thankful for having been around for. So Oh yeah, I mean, just yeah. to hear the call when he's like, "He's got to get out of bounds." No, he's going to go all the way. Like, it, hey, it was. Oh, Mickey said the same thing in the post game interview. I'd forgotten that he was like, "Yeah, I want him to go out of bounds," and they're like, "We well, can't." I can't remember ran in a thoroughbred. Him. I remember screaming, yeah. "Like, get out, get out! You're not going to be able to kick the field goal." Like, no, no. <laughs> it's just an absolutely amazing thing. It was also funny to see the old stadium that Richmond played in. Oh, so great! You know, it was. My kids we were big- joking, like, what is that? It's so, you know, it's so, it's so dumpy looking. It's like, yeah, but it was big. And we could go the obvious direction and say, like, ah, ha, ha, how many JMU fans were there? But it also was a time, that, like, that probably was pretty damn exciting if you're a Spider fan. Like, yes. Because Richmond and JMU, like, living in Northern Virginia, it's JMU kind of gets caught up in the wash. There's a million different schools around here. It's yeah. not. We forget how we big forget of a deal how, those games yeah, are down there. That's really yeah. cool. And, like, so yeah. I tried to take the less cynical, like, haha, let's go stomp spiders. You know, I, I hate Richmond thing. And just to make fun of them, the fact that half the stadium was JMU, but like the other side is it's really cool that you could have a big old stadium that would bring in like, it sounds bad. I'm not trying to knock them, but no. like, almost made it like a neutral site sort of situation. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. It was you know, a true neutral really site. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Whereas now we just, I mean, geez, there's been years when it's probably been 60, 40 JMU in the new stadium. Yeah, which is which yeah. is not good for anyone. well, and not to be personal about this, Rob, but I, you know, have my own. That is where my high school team, Fairfax High School, mm-hmm. now Fairfax Lions, formerly Fairfax Rebels, played Patrick Henry of Ashland. In the we lost in the state semifinals at that stadium, um, in a great game. Um, you know, so I I like love that stadium. I mean, it's such a warm memory for me. Um, play and it was the same kind of thing it was like a true neutral site even though ashland was close by uh they had two future nfl 
stars on the team. So I, I, I don't have any shame in like losing that game. I mean, yeah, but um, you know, really fun. That was our, you know, Greg Maddox quarterback team, uh, you know, just a fun stadium where I think a lot of people in the state have those kind of memories from those kind of games too. And then you add on top of that, you're right. That neutral site aspect of the JMU Richmond game at the time. And it's too bad that ODU wasn't playing football then because yeah, those would that would have been the same thing, you know, when they played Richmond or, you know, uh, or could have JMU and ODU have played there. I mean, those kind of things. You're right. I We get so caught up here and you look back at those. I saw some of our friends on the telecast the other day in the stands. Right. I think I, I think I saw Pim and Did Zach really? and both Zachs. Yeah. A bunch of people like looking from time to time, like, and I'm thinking like, this is the kind of thing you don't, you know, it really is fun and it's too bad. Yeah. That city stadium was a really great time. It was a, yeah. Like you said, all those old giant stadiums were terrible from a like view standpoint, aesthetic standpoint, but they were great from just like letting the entire city in to watch a really fun game, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So there's one more, I think this week, uh, so it'll be fun to watch that. And I'm really glad that JMU's done this. That It's just been fun to have that little bit yeah, of interaction it's been really fun. It's with been really fans. Fun. It's a nice yeah. thing. It's perfect time, too. Like I first thought yeah. it was Saturday, then I saw it was Sunday, and it actually was a pleasant surprise because it's right that kind of winding down, you know, getting dinner ready. Let's get, you know, get focused on the week, turn the page on the weekend, and you mm-hmm. can turn it and have some fun from a nostalgic perspective. Yeah, we ended up tuning off the Colts-Packers overtime game. So did we. To to because we flipped over. I was like, I gotta watch this last five minutes. You know, like between the JMU game and um, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. Oh, that's a tough one. Okay, that one. If we were doing it overrated and underrated, that one be overrated. The Halloween one, very good. Christmas one, very good. Thanksgiving one, overrated. Just just forgettable. So the the Halloween one is the Great Pumpkin Patch, great pumpkin, right? Yes. And then the Christmas Christmas. one is the Legend. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Great, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I do overlook. Yeah, the thing there's this is the Thanksgiving the popcorn. Yeah. Yeah, it's, just, it's there, fine. It's fine. Exactly. It's yeah. just fine. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, that's a good note to end on, Rob. Um, well, hopefully we're going to talk next week, and hopefully we're going to talk about some JMU victories on the hardwood. Yeah, hopefully they'll be combined what five and zero by that point. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, look, if they play five games, I will be thrilled. We'll, we'll get five chances to watch them and stop worrying about other stuff. And that's really and all we, we got to worry yeah. about. Yeah, and hopefully we can do a show next week that's like breaking down, you know, four quarters or three halves of JMU things to talk about. So yes. Talk really about looking sports. forward to that. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. I know. We're only two months away. What, what are we? Eh, not two months, three months away from football. But. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. When we get time. No, everybody out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with us. We love you. We miss you all so much in person. Um, and we're just looking forward to seeing you. Yeah. So yeah, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Go Dukes.
get on that plane and touch down in the Tennessee rain and I had no clue it was gonna be you then one night we got high on your bed I had the munchies in your eyes Grocery store shopping for bread You looked me dead in my eyes And you said Let's have a sword fight with these French baguettes And that's when I knew It was gonna